Hello and welcome to 666 Shock Avenue, your home for all things, well, great. <clears throat> so, I'm sorry that it's taken a while to post another episode. Uh, for this particular episode, I want to spotlight another podcast I do, Azrael King Capetus Horror Extravaganza. Yeah, go over and check it out. But the episode I want to bring you today is from that podcast, and it's worth a listen. And of course, I run that in Salem Grace Straight Jacket Cafe. So, if you could devote just about 30 minutes, up to 30 minutes of your time, uh, there will be no music in the background, no sound effects, nothing. I feel this would take away from the overall podcast. So, get comfortable and check it out. Hello and welcome to Azrael King Capita's Horror Extravaganza. I, as always, am Azrael. And I just haven't dropped a podcast episode. Just wanted to drop in and say hello and hope everyone is doing well. Hope no one has given up on the podcast. There have been a lot of things come up personally in my life and I... I'm not terminating the podcast, but I am probably going to post less and less. I have been swamped with a lot of things, the writing for one, um, I like to write, and here recently Carpal Tunnel has got me. <clears throat> I don't know if really it's 100% uh, smart to just discontinue writing for now until I get the problem fixed with my hands and wrists. The diagnosis is a moderate carpal tunnel in both hands. And it keeps me up at night, actually. And so that's a very depressing set of circumstances. But yes, I am doing quite well. I am going to probably be around June packing up things and moving to another location where I will have probably a bigger area to work with a bigger studio and more privacy and all that. Well, I have a lot of privacy now. I do live alone and that's a plus. So I just kind of wanted to do a different kind of show today. And the subject I'm going to do today is pretty much stuff I found floating around YouTube. Namely, the latest celebrity deaths that have occurred. Of course, you have Joey Jordison, uh, original drummer for Slipknot, has passed away. And not much older than me, really. And also Dusty Hill of ZZ Top, he has also passed. I wanted to also say a few words about Corey Taylor, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But, first of all, uh, Joey Jordison, um, original drummer for Slipknot, he played that live show in London back around 2000, 2000 something but he was an extremely talented drummer one of my influences personally around this fan here I got an arctic air cooling personal cooling thing it's pretty nice you just oops didn't expect that to drop <laughs> uh, oopsie but it's a very nice little addition to the office space it has made this space bearable. I purchased an LED bulb for the fan. It's one of those really special ones. Itty bitty little 
uh, nail in probably like you have the quarter inch jack that plugs into headphones regular and then you have the uh, the really smaller one and that's kind of like what the setup on that bulb is anyway sticking to the subject matter of the show Joey Jordison was a very superb drummer and he will no doubt live on forever in the memory of the fans of Slipknot. What really distressed me was I heard the 911 call that his ex-girlfriend placed. I don't mean to discredit or mar the memory of Joey. He was a very good guy. He left Slipknot and stuff. His girlfriend had said that he was a very bad alcoholic. So that was really kind of hard to hear, coming from a, uh, I recently hit four months sober, and next month I'll have three years clean. So really, addictions hit home for me, and I understand them more than what some other people do that have quite possibly never been there themselves. And I think in order to help a person that you have to be in that position originally, and know exactly what to say, what to do, what the resources are. It's kind of like putting a high school graduate with no training into a position with NASA and having them fix the ships and maintain the equipment or what have you. It's just difficult to achieve for someone with no experience. Addicts and alcoholics have this vast amount of experience because they were down in it and they hated it and they got out and if they did get out and that's good for them uh, the drug and alcohol scene was not for me in the end and of course one day at a time and I don't plan on slipping but if I ever do I'm not going to be happy with myself and I think what keeps me going are people in my support circle uh, my family stuff like that. So Joey Jordison, I don't know his official cause of death. I've not seen one listed. I don't know if it was related to the alcoholism. It could have been a underlying medical condition they never diagnosed. And um, the lead singer Drowning Pool, he had a undiagnosed heart condition that took him. He didn't party or anything, which is rare to see. Dusty Hill was not somebody that I worry about being into drugs and alcohol. He, I don't know a lot about him, but ZZ Top seemed to be a very tame band in those realms. And if he did drink, I don't know about it. And if he did do drugs, I doubt he did. He doesn't seem like the type. And of course, I know absolutely nothing about ZZ Top, but just by looking, I don't think that they're one to really show a bad example in that realm or get lost in such things. Slipknot was a rather rough band, or they are rather a rough band. A lot of there's some uh, symbolism, like at the London show, uh, the Heretic Anthem, uh, for example, that backdrop and everything else. They have very edgy imagery and stuff. However, Corey Taylor is the founder of U-Rock, the U-Rock Foundation. He has been recognized as an advocate for recovery as well as mental health awareness, namely depression. 
I have a lot of respect for Corey Taylor in the way that he is very level-headed. He had actually made a rule and slip, not no drugs. That was his numero uno, no drugs, you know, whatever, whatever can destroy you, I believe that he is highly, highly against. And I would rather be in the company of Corey Taylor than anybody else at this point, the way things are going in the world. I think he's a very huge example of what it means to be a wonderful, respectable human being. He is probably the best example I can think of right now because of his huge following, his fan base and everything. He's done a lot of things behind the scenes and received an award at a Rock to Recovery. Um, for probably the most shining and stellar example of a human being one can be and help others to achieve the degree of uh, quality of life that they need to basically make it and survive. And at the Rock to Recovery Awards that I saw, and this happened years ago, but I just started recently looking up things about musicians who push for recovery in rock and metal and stuff. And they say that life doesn't end after you get sober, it just begins. And you wonder, you know, how many people follow that? And because of Corey Taylor, how many people will follow that as we all know Paul Gray the bass player he passed away and um, it was just a horrible horrible thing to experience I remember the day it happened um, basically and it was a rough time for any Slipknot fan or anyone in the music industry that uh, was either a fan or worked in the music industry that recognized Slipknot's influence as well as their overall ability to help others through a time. I've seen a lot of comments on YouTube, artists say, or artists, you know, with fans that say, your music saved my life, and all this. Uh, I want to also talk about Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, and Chris was the first to go out of the two of them. I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories float around online about the deaths of Chris as well as Chester, saying that it's possible that they were murdered. And you know that there's all these conspiracy theories that pop up all the time concerning artists that have passed. Like either they were leaving their spouse, that's one of the main hinges on the Kurt Cobain conspiracy theory, is that he was leaving Courtney, he wanted her out of the will, she knew it. He had ducked out of a big, big concert, and it would be a big opportunity to bring in money. And so, regardless of what you believe, the conspiracy theories are floating around that Courtney knew that Kurt was going to cut her out of the will, and that she would have zero control, so she hired a hitman to kill him, and make it look like a suicide, and all this. That's been floating around ever since I could remember, ever since Kurt passed away. <clears throat> The sad part is, is that there were drugs involved at the end of Kurt's life. Chris Cornell, without discrediting him, was he was probably one of the biggest, boldest 
voices aside from Alice in Chains and Nirvana when Lane was alive, Alice in Chains that is, and I'm not saying that the new stuff from Alice in Chains is not good, but William is not Lane, and I think that that's something that I have a hard time accepting because I don't like change when it comes to a band or basically to anything else. I'm one of those people that is highly resistant to change. The problem is, is that we have too many musicians out there in the professional scene that are abusing their bodies. We have everybody, really, not just people in the spotlight, that are abusing their bodies and killing themselves either slowly or immediately off of something in a bottle, something in a capsule, something in a syringe, etc. And for me it was something in a patch and it almost claimed my life because I refused to go to detox and that's my dirty history with drugs. Fentanyl was a horrific dance to dance. It was a 6.6 micrograms an hour that I was on uh, when I quit and I just ripped them off quick cold turkey and was sicker than I'd ever been before and I'm going to tell you once you experience that feeling it does not go away ever it's always it's forever branded in my mind it's embedded in the front of my mind that if I ever slip that could happen to me again and all the negativity in my life is going to intensify worse than what I was when I was on the substance so that's why I keep clean as well, but first of all, it's my family, my support circle. And I don't really care what others think if I had a relapse. All I care about is the feeling that I would get, the disappointment that I would feel personally, and that's what recovery is first and foremost. You think of yourself first and everybody else second. Somebody that's in your life that you may be involved with, be it a significant other, a friend, a relative, a wife, a fiance, whatever, you know, that person, if they're going to trip you up, you are better off without them, and that's my whole dating and marriage advice to those who are considering quitting but have somebody who would enable them. So, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to make that call, but you have to eventually to save your own life. I read about the, well, actually I watched a YouTube video on the death of Lane Staley. He weighed a little bit over 80 pounds when they found him. They had been laying there for quite a while and his mother was heartbroken and everything else and it's just very difficult to fathom the pain that that poor woman felt when she found her son laying on the couch and he was, he was very far gone. and. It's sad to think about that somebody who once, who looked healthy in the online, in the uh, MTV Unplugged concert, he looked very healthy, he looked healthy throughout his performance. There were signs that showed eventually, I believe, that his time was near by the way he looked, the way he spoke, the way he acted. And of course, I haven't really seen too much toward the end of his life, but I've seen pictures. He looked sick and I hate to say it of course no disrespect to any fans of these bands that I've mentioned but this is unfortunately the harsh truth about recovery is that if you do not get clean if you do not get sober you are more than likely condemned to suffer the same fate if you do not get the help that you need <clears throat>
it's a hard, hard road, and you wish you never picked it up to begin with. But that's life, unfortunately, with addiction. And I know I didn't want to be caught up in that mess anymore, and that's why I quit. But yes, um, it's never a glamorous thing. But yes, Corey Taylor, who started the U-Rock Foundation, you might want to check out that particular thing. Chris Cornell's widow has started a, uh, a website online for those who need the recovery. Chris had indeed relapsed, and there are many people who believe that with the cocktail of drugs in his system, which most were for those who were not meant to be given that drug in recovery, and if they were, they were to be monitored extremely close. And you know, you think about those that were left behind, Kurt left behind Francis and uh, Courtney. Um, and I think Francis is what matters the most because she lost her father at a young age. Lane left behind uh, a family, and a lot of people that cared about him. Uh, Dimery had passed before then, and so I don't know if he thought he had nothing left to lose by doing what he did. Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, I haven't really talked about him much, but he did have a lot of grief over the loss of Chris Cornell. They were very close, and they even performed together. And there are multiple, multiple YouTube videos that show that they were indeed close to one another. And I think that grief has a tendency to really play a factor in things. It wreaks havoc on somebody. If you watch the last concert that Leakin Park did as a band, it came two weeks before Chester passed. If you look at One More Light, that song, it's a little bit over an hour into the set, I think. He connected with his fans and you could tell he was hurting. And so those who do kill themselves, I have to say I agree with Corey Taylor, and this is one thing that I've never believed in general, is that they were cowardly, that it expressed a level of cowardice, and they were just ultimately done. They were hurting. It's a final result of the depression and the despair somebody feels. And it leaves us with a whole bunch of unanswered questions. Why? Why did we have to go through this? Why did they, you know, there's there's been a lot of people just expire from suicide and it's a hard thing to face, a hard thing to think about, and a hard thing to talk about. But the thing is, you can't just sweep it under the rug and act like it does not exist, that people don't hurt, that people are not in danger. It's just not in the cards to label this person unfairly. And if anything, if you label anybody a coward, then you are the one who is a cop-out and not them. And I really don't honestly care who that makes uh, very angry in any way, shape, or form. And it's a very heartbreaking thing. And, you know, it's a very, it's a very enigmatic thing. What goes through their minds, even with the note left behind, what on earth was the reasoning, the ultimate reasoning, 
behind the uh, final act in which somebody just said, you know, I'm just done, and this is it, and bye everybody, etc. No, it doesn't do a farewell justice. Some people have videotaped their final farewells, it's not enough. So, I'm going to give you some resources. If you text the short code 741741, text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, and it'll put you in touch with the 24-7 Crisis Counseling Service via text. If you're a veteran, and we know that those people suffer quite a lot post-war, and after their, the majority of them when they're discharged, I think the level of care that we give our veterans is deplorable. And it needs to change, honestly. And that's one thing that I need to advocate for personally myself because my father's a veteran. I know a lot of other people who are veterans. And it's never a pleasant thing to have someone close to you suffer PTSD issues. So if you're a veteran, a crisis line for suicide prevention, text and chat, if you call 1-800-273-8255, you press 1, or you can text 838-255, or you can even connect to an online chat. There's support for the deaf and hard of hearing, it says. Uh, it's free, it's confidential, it's available every day, 24-7. All veterans, all service members, the National Guard Reserve, and their family members and friends. And that is found at VeteransCrisisLine.net. NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. They also have a very, uh, a very effective line, Monday through Friday, 10 to 8, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 1-800-950-6264. Or 1-800-950-NAMI if you're not into the numbers and you like the uh, words to dial in. You can also um, <clears throat> reach them info at nami.org uh, email and text 741741. Of course, I already said that, so this is connected to that first short code that I gave you. So there's a lot of things, of course, 1-800-SUICIDE, that is the main, that is the main number that people call. It is the most used number because it's just, stands to reason that maybe that's the right number to call no matter what. It always works. As far as the UROC Foundation, the UROC Foundation has reached one million Mohawks for the Mental Health Challenge. So they have challenges out and stuff that they do. Of course, UROC um, is an amazing, amazing service that you can get involved with. A very, very wonderful organization. And they have a Facebook page. You can like them on social media, UROC Foundation. Their website, urockfoundation.org, Y-O-U, rockfoundation.org. Once you go there, uh, you'll be no doubt connected to people who care and that's all the world needs right now is people who care about others I know this was a much different show and I really hope that it helps somebody out there 
and as well as explains my absence. The computer needed an update as well. That was one of the main reasons I wasn't able to post a new YouTube or podcast, and I do plan recording a new YouTube rather soon. Uh, this will go on YouTube, as a matter of fact. And uh, Azrael King Capita's horror extravaganza. I am hoping that um, you are doing well amidst everything going on. Uh, there have been a lot of negative things happen in the world, but please try to keep your head above water and don't fall to the wayside, don't self-destruct, and it's never a sign of weakness to get help. You can donate, uh, I guess this is, um, I guess this is the end of the podcast, I'm over 26 minutes now as this records, so um, I'll just say email is realmofnightmares at mail.com, you can donate either through Anchor, which is the platform this is on, or through our Patreon, Adventurous Insanity. And I am going to try to put out another podcast soon. Um, of course, it is currently August the 2nd. This will be put out on August the 3rd. And it was a much different show, of course, but it was very much long overdue to record a podcast such as this to hopefully reach out and help others to show that I'm not just all about haunting and horrific things that I do care and if you ever need anything just simply email me and I will talk to you I check email almost daily and I'm always glad to listen if you need me you can like our social media page on Facebook, Azrael King Capeta's Horror Extravaganza. I have a personal Facebook page, Azrael King Capeta. You can like that. And just keep, uh, keep on going. And uh, I hope that everyone has a great, great uh, day, night, evening, whatever. Take care, y'all.